The following show was taped live at the Bell House in Brooklyn on January 9th, 2015. Is this your, this is... Yeah, that's mine. Okay. <laughs> this I'm is the exciting part. Here. Oh, that's the song. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. Uh, is that Elliot Kalin over there? I think it is. Yeah. Guys, Dan, guys, you got guys, a lot of people wh- wh- in your living yeah, room. Yeah. What are all these people doing in my apartment? <laughs> It's creeping me out a little bit. As the fire warden for your apartment, I have to bring you up on charges. All right. Well, of uh, being too handsome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And heating up the place. Thank you so much. It's a felony level offense. Yes. I'm going to send you the chair. (laughs) Like the Scolari brothers? I sent him to the chair. (laughs) (laughs) It's me, Judge What's His Name from (laughs) Ghostbusters 2. (laughs) Secret of the Ooze. Is that. There is ooze in that movie. Is, that, fitting, is yeah, this yeah. his late night uh, like television infomercial? It's, like, yeah. it's me, the judge from Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. I sent a lot of people to the chair, so I know a thing or two about chairs. <laughs> and what I know is this is the best chair money can buy. Uh, it's a weird thing to sell on a late night infomercial. <laughs> I mean, it's a special chair. Elliot, I'll ask this of you. Why is this night different from all other nights? <laughs> I can't help but feel that's somehow racist, <laughs> but I will answer. On it's all... explicitly racist. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> On all other nights, the Flophouse is recorded in Dan's sad apartment. Yeah. None to watch but an angry cat <laughs> and God. But now, and, but, and yet tonight, a live studio audience. Tonight, the Flophouse is recorded before a live studio audience <laughs> at the Bell House. Yeah. In beautiful you know. Gowanus, Brooklyn. Gowanus, Brooklyn. I want to live in an abandoned warehouse, <laughs> but that might smell too but good. But is it next? Is it next to a Superfund site? <laughs> yeah. How much cleaning up does the government have to do? <laughs> now this I, is there's this a Whole Foods. <laughs> okay, I guess <laughs> yeah. that okay. makes up. Well, I guess for problem it. solved. <laughs> <laughs> you mark my words. Someday that lettuce is gonna grow arms and start choking people. <laughs> Now that's a movie. <laughs> it's called Lettuce Chokers. <laughs> that sounds like they're choking the lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we're going to have to redevelop this whole idea. Okay. So, uh, no, this is wonderful. There's, uh, it's a sellout crowd. Here, I'm, not saying you're, I'm not saying you're all sellouts, although yeah. some of you probably some, are. Probably. Yeah. And we're here like, as part of the New York City Podfest yeah. Podcast Festival Festcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sponsored by Charmin. <laughs> German, the softest thing you can put on your butt. (laughs) One, I don't think that's true. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. If you you took like a chinchilla, like a live chinchilla. (laughs) If you strapped a live chinchilla to your butt that's softer in two, why are you throwing Charmin all this free promotion? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe after the fact. I mean, chinchillas are paying us to promote them. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's a backdoor promotion (laughs) for chinchillas. A backdoor promotion for Charmin? (laughs) 
Um, so, why are we here? He said it. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, we're here to do a regular episode of the podcast just with a lot of people listening. So what do we do on this podcast? Loving and laughing, living and learning. Yeah. Lying Thank you, Neil Simon, locking. for teaching us to laugh about love. <laughs> Yet again. So is this the point of the podcast where you start to regret having Elliot uh, with a microphone in front of an audience? No. Or? No. Dear okay. Lord, no. I know that if I fail, as I inevitably will, yeah, he'll yeah. jump in. You just wind him up. With a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense is my specialty, which was also the name of my detective <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> a lady walked in with gams that would not quit, and I said, teddy bear, a bookcase, <laughs> rug. I'm not having a stroke. Like my, th- my nonsense is in sentences. Yeah. A dame walked in who had gams from here to hey there. <laughs> she told me her story, and I told her another story. Not so much a story as a monologue that I made up as I went along. She left partway through, but I kept going. <laughs> My receptionist, Thelma, was the only one who ever understood me. And boy, did she understand. She had a degree in understanding. And boy, could she stand. She had gams from here up to hay there. How do you make money in this detective agency, by the way? I'm broke. Okay. You just have someone standing behind the door to hit people on the head with bottles when they come in, and you rifle through their purse and take their money. Wow. Yeah, give away my secret, Dan. Thanks. I thought this was an infomercial about how you can make money at home. Yeah, make money at home I by mean, opening a, a detective like agency. Like a home office? Yeah. yeah. You have a secretary in your home? Yeah. <laughs> well, so, secretary, dog, I mean, it's, you know. Sure. This is primarily a detective podcast. Yes. But secondarily. It's we, called uh, the Flop Clues, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a podcast. What do we do on this podcast, Dan? We watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And okay. we, um... Uh, to, to try and make this as normal as possible for us, since we're not yeah. used to doing this in front of an audience, we actually, yes. just down the street, watched a movie right before we came here. In an abandoned warehouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That had been turned into like a skate hangout for the kids. Yeah. Those kids, members of the Foot Clan. Because oh, what movie did we watch, Dan? We watched a little movie called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Not the, new, not the old one. Not the one with the... Not the, the cartoon? No, well, not, I mean, I mean, that wasn't kind of a movie. Not the one from the 50s, Dan? <laughs> I don't. With Glenn Ford as Donatello? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't watch the old one? We didn't watch the one uh, with the Jim Henson creature shop. Jim Henson, yeah. Jim, <laughs> Jim Henson's henchman. I'd like to point Jim out. Henson. I would like to point out how clearly I've spoken for the rest of the night so far. I'm impressed. Look, yeah. I've been waiting this long to make fun of a mispronunciation from you. <laughs> Uh, no, so this is this is the new one. This is the new came one. Came out this year, and by this year I mean last year because I forgot for a second it's 2015. Yeah. <laughs> Produced by Michael Bay, not directed by Michael Bay. But you wouldn't know that to watch it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> directed by a guy who, what did he make? He made The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, New Beginning. He made Darkness Falls. There were some newer ones. Uh, that L.A. movie about aliens. Yes. Battle L.A.? Yeah. Battle, Battle of the Year L.A.? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He had a name that sounded like uh, John Lieberman, but his wasn't. name was Jonathan Liebesman. Okay, <laughs> or Liebesman, Love Man, I guess is what yeah. he mm-hmm. means in German. But uh, it started. So he's made a lot of movies, is what you're saying. Yeah, it starred a bunch of turtles and Megan a Fox. Real... <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of turtles. So you made it sound Four like of them. you made it sound like it's Megan Fox with a shoebox full of turtles, <laughs> and she just shakes it at bad guys. Does this do anything? <laughs> yeah. huh? 
and it kind of, kind of weird, weird, weirds me out. You're creeped out. <laughs> so uh, this movie flashes us back to a time when the biggest danger that America was facing was ninjas. <laughs> yeah, and we all remember the 1980s yeah. until uh, Giuliani came in and cleaned the city of ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> There was uh, the, the what, broken yeah. ninjas theory. Is yeah. American broken ninjas theory. Yeah, <laughs> American ninja. There was the three ninjas who were kicking back. They're actually kicking back against crime. Yeah, yeah. I they mean, but most of the crime was probably Mountain. ninjas, right? Wait, what? The three ninjas movies were the other bad guys ninjas. I, I didn't watch them. They might have been mummies. I assume. I don't know. What about the bad guys and sidekicks? You got to fight ninjas with ninjas. The bad guys and sidekicks are karate guys, but they're not ninjas. Okay. They have honor still, unlike ninjas who are soulless assassins. <laughs> who do not live a life of honor, but instead creep through the shadows rather than facing their opponents in open warfare, as Bushido demands. <laughs> I feel like you're tempting me to talk about samurais or something. Kind of, well... Or samurais. Thank you. That's what I wanted. Should we talk about what this movie is about, Dan? Let's talk about it. I mean, the title kind of tells you most of what you need to know. Yeah. There's some ninja turtles in it. Are they natural? They're mutants. Yeah. What age are they? Well, it's kind of like boyhood. They're teenagers. <laughs> And here's the thing. This movie was surprisingly like Boyhood in that we saw a lot of these turtles growing up. So, And having an abusive drunk dad. That happened. It's Boyhood. Spoiler alert. Movie yeah, came out already. Anyway. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the worst part of Boyhood. <laughs> Skip over. Spoiler alert. The kid gets older. Anyway, so... <laughs> I wish that movie had, he had shot it for 12 years with the same cast, but he had shot a scene with the kid when he was young to go at the end, where the kid wakes up and goes, oh, I'm still a kid, it was all a beautiful dream. <laughs> and then it says, the end, question mark. And then it says, boy will return in boyhood two, boyhoods last forever. Not like manhood? I thought manhood would be the obvious. Manhood sounds kind of creepy. It's like a movie about a penis. Not what I say. I spent 12 years shooting with the same penis every weekend. <laughs> I've been doing this... <laughs> I've been doing this porn movie for 12 years. <laughs> Everyone watching as a <laughs> terribly. Watching as a penis ages from a beautiful specimen of a penis to a droopy set of penis and testicles. I mean, I was impressed by the technical skill that it took yeah. to, to shoot the same sex scene over 12 years. <laughs> yeah. So they aged naturally throughout the scene, but ultimately it was kind of a gimmick, you know? Yeah. So this movie was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> there, were, there were no sex scenes in it. No. Although, although Michelangelo Michael, really hit on Megan Fox a, a lot. lot. A, a lot. lot. And at the end of the movie, she's kind of into it. She's, I mean, she seems as into it as, let's say, Leah Thompson ever seems to be into Howard the Duck. Yeah. They had well, take a bath a together, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they totally do it. Do they? She pulls out that duck condom. No, she like well, he's asleep and at the time. And then probably applies it she, and no. has sex with him. She's asleep at the time. She looks through his wall. Okay, she pulls out the duck already. condom and she goes, "Oh, somebody Howard. get George Lucas on the phone. We got a Howard the Duck question to ask. Or if you have a Ouija board, Steve Gerber. I mean, they totally yes, as you as they you were sex saying in the comics. Yeah, well, as you were saying in the movie, it seems to make more sense for her to have sex with Michelangelo the Turtle Man than Will Arnett the, the Human, human man. man who is also hitting on her. Now, let's explain what this movie is about. The movie opens with our favorite thing, a prologue that explains everything you're about to see in the movie. <laughs> it seems the concept of Ninja Turtles who live in the sewer and have a rat for a dad was too complicated for us to figure out on our own. So there's a kind of uh, Sin City animated section of uh, Sukiyaki Django uh, prologue where they explain that, basically. 
Yeah, Sugiyaki it was like an icebox.com level of flash animation being like uh, Ninja Turtles. Like an early adult swim type yeah, level exactly. animation. Yeah, uh, exactly. But then we get into the meat of the story. The turtle meat, that is. <laughs> Have I eaten turtle meat? Yes, delicious. Anyway, so, not mutants though. Gross, but I kind of... Sure. Is that cannibalism? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Technically a different species. He can't mate with April O'Neil. <laughs> anyway, continuing. April O'Neil, Megan Fox. She works for Channel 6 News. Uh, and she is investigating the crime wave caused by the Foot Clan. Yeah. Now, even though they're a shadowy clan of ninjas... Everybody knows about them. Everyone's yeah. heard about them. Everybody's like, oh, this the, wave of ninjas. <laughs> they're all like, this Foot Clan is making too much crime. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, de Blasio. The, yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. When that socialist got into office, suddenly the old ninjas came back. Yeah. We gotta start start stopping and frisking these ninjas for nunchucks. I gotta say, if a ninja was walking down the street, that's kind of uh, that's just cause for a police mister. <laughs> sure. He's probably got a yeah, probable cause. He's also a terrible cause. ninja at that point. <laughs> yeah, well, or he's so but he's good. Pro- he's probably doing is he's probably trying to direct the police's attention away from the ninjas creeping up on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Because let me tell you, a ninja who is confident enough to walk down the street in broad daylight is the best ninja in the world. <laughs> exactly. If you can see one ninja, there's like a hundred more ninjas hidden. <laughs> If you, as any as any Frank Miller comic book has taught us, yeah, and all those ninjas are going to jump at you all at once while shooting arrows at you, which none of will none of which will hit you. Of course not. But here's the thing with ninjas: we're all aware of this. I'm not the first one to point it out. We all know ninjas. The strength of ninjas decreases with each added ninja. One ninja will kill you. A hundred ninjas, pretty easy to fight. You can get away from them easy. Partly because they all wait their turn while they, each one fights you. But anyway, uh, so the foot have, they commit a lot of crime down at the docks. That's where crime happens. And also where, unfortunately, the city's shipping has been falling since the 1950s. (laughs) Once a vital part of the metropolitan (laughs) economy, shipping and transit, manufacturing in general, no longer a part of New York. This is really like, this is the wire. This is the portrait of how institutions have failed the city. While I was watching season two of the wire, I was like, where are the ninjas and the turtles? (laughs) (laughs) Enough of this corrupt union. Yeah. Get some Ninja Turtles in here. Get Amy Ryan to befriend four turtles. <laughs> what you know, if Amy Ryan had been April O'Neil? I would have loved this movie. <laughs> that was so. more enthusiastic than I thought. So we're about one minute into the movie. Yeah. So anyway, April O'Neil is obsessed with these crimes. She's trying to investigate them, but she's having trouble because she's like the goofy light story reporter at Channel 6 News. The only story we see her professionally cover involves some sort of Union Square area trampoline contest. Yeah, Maybe a lot of trampoline. It might be Madison Square. It might be Madison Square. The whole movie was shot in Quebec, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but, uh, she just jumps on a trampoline a lot, and I guess... If your reporter was Megan Fox, you probably would send her out to cover the jumping on a trampoline story. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, they're, they're, she's on the man show beat, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's, yeah. And she, uh, her cameraman is Will Arnett as, and I did not realize this until the last minute of the movie, Fenwick, the cameraman from the Ninja Turtles cartoon. So uh, it makes me wonder, where's Irma? I don't know anything about the Ninja and Turtles, Baxter really. Stockman mentioned in the credits, where's he? And is he a single mouser or a fly man? yeah. There were no leatherheads or bebops. <laughs> Not a single mumra. Was that a Ninja Turtles character? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> there were no battle toads, nor were there any adolescent black belt radioactive mm. hamsters. What about cowboys? No gargamels. No cowboys of Moo Mesa or any other Mesa. <laughs> and biker mice, neither from Mars nor Terran. <laughs> there were a lot of ripoffs of the Ninja Turtles. No, sure. Take, no. A, take an animal, make them do human stuff. Give I'm surprised them a thing. you haven't talked about the street sharks. Oh, that's true. There was Thank the street you. sharks. Yeah. Thank you. Is that all you had to say about him? 
No. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, no uh, capital critters. <laughs> capital no, critters, no, right? no, no, and no. <laughs> what about the wuzzles? Fish. Were the wuzzles one of those? <laughs> Could you have either. sex with a wuzzle, Elliot? <laughs> um, well, the wuzzle is two species put together, so they're already breaking the so laws of, of mating. And New York, so that's... Anyway, April is obsessed with this ninja crime story. She's trying to cover it, and one night while wandering the Brooklyn, probably Gowanus area... She sees a bunch of ninjas stealing something from a shipping container, and an unseen vigilante starts throwing shipping containers around and just mm-hmm. hurling them at these ninjas who, who haul tail out of that area. And like any good reporter, she uses her shitty phone <laughs> to try and get to some footage of it. To take a blurry picture. Yeah. To take a blurry picture of someone running away and... Uh, someone or something, Dan. Yeah. Because it's a turtle man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, she then goes to... Nobody believes her that the Foot Clan are being attacked by vigilantes. Well, specifically Whoopi Goldberg doesn't Who plays her no. boss. And the whole movie, I'm She's like... She's not nobody, Elliot. She used to be a big star. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. She played God in a little bit of heaven. <laughs> she was Guy-Nan. <laughs> Thank you. The whole move, The whole time I kept being like... Dude, you were partnered up as cops with a talking dinosaur. <laughs> Do not you if anyone's gonna believe this Ninja Turtle story, it is you, Whoopsie Goldberg. She put that all behind her, Elliot. <laughs> I was about to say uh, Whoopi Goldman, and I thought, what if Whoopi Goldman and William Goldman were married? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, Tonight for movie night, why don't we watch Butch Cassidy? And she's like, Why don't we watch Fletch? And they just would have their own movies that they wanted to show the other all the time. Whoopi Goldberg isn't in Fletch. Uh, sure she is, in my version of it. Anyway, <laughs> I was thinking of, uh, I was thinking of Jumpin' Jack Flash. Okay, yeah, Or Jumpin' sure. Jack Fletch, the crossover. <laughs> <laughs> in which Whoopi Goldberg and Chevy Chase are in a Jumping Jacks competition. <laughs> Only one can win and the other will die. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Megan Fox is also, her dad was a scientist who worked at a company called TGRI with fellow scientist Eric Sachs. Played, of course, by... William... Fickner? The man Feichner? who screams, I'm the villain of the movie. <laughs> Not since Max von Sydow appeared in the opening of Minority Report has it been so obvious who the villain is. <laughs> because when you cast a man whose face looks like a lizard man... <laughs> great actor. Oh, yeah. Face like great. a lizard. Elevates everything he's in. Elevates, which is mostly he adds olives to it? Uh, villains. Yeah. He's big on the Mediterranean dialect. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway, it's clear he's the villain. But anyway... Uh, she, there, Shredder, someone we haven't seen, we just see him in shadow at this point, in order to draw out the vigilant, mysterious vigilant. At this point, just a, nin, a bald ninja man. Yeah, right. Who is very? Who's called bland. the Shredder for some reason? That's the thing. He doesn't have any blades yet, <laughs> but they call him the Shredder, and I have to assume it's because of his abs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that he has like a well, he has like a workout routine called the Shredder. It's like yeah. you are you mad with your abs? Want a six-pack, an eight-pack? Use the shredder workout. Where is he from? Uh, probably like Venice Beach. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the movie is from Japan, but he's from that part of Japan where he sometimes speaks Japanese and sometimes English. Okay. And uh, he, he, at one point he says, uh, tonight I dine on turtle soup, but he says it, turtle soupu. <laughs> so it's like, do not tell me that the Japanese words for turtle soup are turtle soup with a Japanese accent. Yeah, they don't have a... <laughs> They don't have a word for soup in their language? <laughs> you know, how does Japan not have a native word for soup? If it was like videotape, okay, maybe. <laughs> turtles and soup, they have those. Their rivers are infested with turtle spirits infested. with bowls of liquid on their head, and if they bow, the liquid comes out and you can escape. Kappas, thank you. <laughs> you know, like the frats, kappas. Anyway, so 
Uh, Shred- they- Shredder tries to draw out the Ninja Turtles by taking hostage a bunch of people at a subway station. The turtle Megan Fox is there, because why not? It's a movie. Uh, the turtles show up, save the day, but then run away. Megan Fox chases them to a rooftop, takes a picture of them. Uh-oh. <laughs> they in- try to intimidate her. Once again, she is left with... They-, they delete the picture. She's left with no evidence, but we get a quick glance at the personalities of our four heroes. Stuart, mm-hmm. what are their names? What are they like? Well, there's Michelangelo. He's a party dude. There's okay. Raphael. He's cool, but rude. Sure. There's Donatello. He does machines. Yep. And I think there's another boring one. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. You son of a bitch. You goddamn son name? of a bitch. <laughs> McCoy the you turtle? motherfucker. Yeah, like Blue Turtle, I think they call him. It's like, I think yeah. they called him Boro. Boro the lame guy. Anyway, Leonardo, he's the leader of the group. Yeah. Yeah. So this is when we realize that they're not just awesome superheroes. They're also teenagers with cool personalities. And they act like teenagers. And I will say one thing. And this is a scene where the camera just starts spinning all over the place. (laughs) It is like they they just taped that camera to a a Roomba or a quadcopter. They got a lazy Susan there, you know. (laughs) Just spin it around. They just, just like strapped that thing to a cat's head, taped that cat to a bat, <laughs> and just let it let it do its work. They it saw like, they saw the prom scene from Carrie, and they're like, "Oh, this is how movies are made." It's always <laughs> keep it spinning, just spinning, keep it's it all spinning. spinning. Just spin that movie. It felt like the opening of Irreversible. I had to like look away so I didn't get motion sick. <laughs> wow! All right, that brought everybody down. Uh, anyway, but they act like real teenagers, which is to say, the turtles are irritating. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's cu- let's cut to the chase. Uh, April and O'Neill tries to convince Whoopsie Goldberg one more time that they <laughs> that the turtles are real. She is fired for her efforts, and uh, at home she realizes that hey, wait a minute. Her dad, when he was a scientist before he died in a mysterious lab fire, was working on some kind of serum he was injecting into four turtles as a little girl she used to feed pizza to, and named Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael, and Donatello. And there was also a rat, I think, in that lab. <laughs> That's an incredible coincidence. It is an incredible coincidence, Stan. Only in Hollywood. In real life, reporters are rarely directly related to the Ninja Turtles they cover. In fact, in many ways, it would be unethical of her to cover this story. She's simply too close to the subjects. So she, uh, <laughs> the turtles track her down. Uh, she, they bring her down to the sewers. Uh, only at first she goes to uh, Eric Sachs' estate, which is enormous. It is somehow a short drive from Autumn, New York, and yet in the snow-covered mountains. Yeah. <laughs> and he lives in some kind of. He lives in Tibet, compound. apparently. Yeah. It's a it's a quick drive to Tibet, <laughs> where, as we'll later find out, is nothing but vertiginous cliffs, <laughs> and plenty of room for truck chasing. <laughs> Uh, but she talks to him. He is very evil, and he reveals that he grew up in Japan, the mixed-race son, I assume mixed-race son, of a, an American GI lost in Vietnam and some woman he never mentions anything about. <laughs> and uh, that a mysterious ninja, I guess, br- uh, led him up, taught him karate, and taught him about a, an ancient serum. And that she, he's th- also the first one who believes her story, right? Yeah, well, he, ta- he seems to believe it. He talks to her, there was an ancient serum that they're trying to re- discover that was a cure for anything. We've moved at this point into the exposition portion of the film. Oh, doctor. (laughs) And I mean doctor exposition. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, April O'Neil is captured by the turtles. They take her to their sewer hideout, which, yes, does have some kind of skateboard track. Uh, Earlier, we've seen them be 
punished by Splinter for going out into public, uh, and he, his tail is like a serpent on his butt that he can use to whip at people, <laughs> much like a real rat uses their tail as a bullwhip. And his, and, his, and his face looks oddly phallic. It's like if they saw Joe Camel and they were like, I guess that's penis-ish. Yeah. <laughs> can we dick that up about yeah. 79%? Now, can we make it look real moist? Like, at, real let's moist. Let's hang a fucking wet. gross mustache let's off Let's hang it, some kind of, like, drippy Fu Manchu mustache mm. on that. He could, like, whip it around and just, like, have just, like, goo fly off of it. Yeah. There is a scene where he is tempting Michelangelo with a slice of pizza that is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> And April, who should be, who should, when confronted with this sight, there is no proper response but to vomit. She does not, she holds her lunch and she does, you know, she says, oh, great, you're my turtles or whatever. <laughs> anyway, and they explain again. Hey, long time no see. What have you been up to? Even though it was explained already in the movie, Splinter explains that they, she freed them from the lab during the fire because I guess this little girl was running around a lab on fire. <laughs> Nobody knew about it. And freed them by setting them on a sewer grate. That's when the mutagen kicked in, the special serum, and made them man animals. And Splinter, looking for something to use to discipline the turtles who are, no, no. not a joke, busy dancing to Hollaback Girl. No, but <laughs> better yet, no, it's not just that he wants to discipline them. He wants, he's worried that they love teenage stuff but he knows they will never be accepted by the world out there. Yeah. So he needs to teach them a way to protect themselves. And He's so worried about he them. he finds a book on ninjutsu, <laughs> teaches himself how to be a ninja master. And it's super slim. It's, it's like, like a, a fucking little magazine. It's like a brochure. Yeah, it's a ninja pamphlet. It yeah. looks like the book that like it's, you... Wait, it's like, learn to be a ninja. We'll teach you how. Send away for our free introductory book. <laughs> and then they start making you pay a lot for the book about being invisible or breathing underwater and stuff like that. <laughs> But he, he, it's enough in the book to teach him how to, be a, uh, how to be a ninja. He teaches them. They do great. And uh, the, the, the Foot Clan attacks their underwater sewer base. I don't remember how the I don't think you've mentioned the, the fact that, them. so in the time that April has been a little girl to now, which is, I don't know, maybe 15 years, maybe, she is, uh, you know, she's just a young woman, she's but he is like ancient. Ten, he is yeah. an ancient rat man. He had, they must have been experimenting on like a 75-year-old rat. <laughs> Because in that amount of time, he's gone from a rat to an old man. The turtles have aged in real time, and I have to say, there's one... The stuff I like the best in it, actually, was seeing the young turtles. But there's one adorable scene where just all the baby turtles are just swaddled on a, on a counter, and Splinter's just kind of patting each of them on the head. So you, <laughs> As you do to a baby, because the head is the part that's best able to take a hard pat. Especially on a fucking turtle. Yeah. <laughs> so you liked it as a buildings roman about these young turtles... Finding yeah, their yeah. way in the world. It's the real sorrows of young turtle, yeah. <laughs> coming of age. A coming of age tale. Yeah, it was a regular turtlehood boyhood, etc. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Shre anyway, Shredder and the ninjas arrive. By this point, we already know that uh, Fickner is working with Shredder. He shows him what he calls the future. And their plan is totally stupid, and we'll get to it. But uh, he shows him what he calls the future of warfare, which is a Shredder suit with so many blades on it, I don't know how he puts it on without killing himself. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the thing is, he never takes it off after he puts it on the first time. Because he's worried. <laughs> he does everything One in that. wrong step and every artery in his body is just slashed No, I mean, over. he looks like Edward Scissor everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except he has these, like, bayonet blades sticking out of him, and he can shoot them as projectiles and then use a magnet to pull them right back to him. Mm -hmm. So don't buy him new blades, I guess. Yeah. He never loses them. Get him something else. 
for Christmas. <laughs> Any, like anyway. blade oil or like? Yeah, yeah, like something to shine them up with. Yeah, yeah sure. I guess I don't get them clothes or like really big ones or turtle wax. Oh. <laughs> you got to give them a t-shirt big enough to go over the blades. <laughs> you know, or buy them a book like that Wild or something. You know, something that'll inspire. Wild or something? The book about Gene Wilder or something? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the book gives you a choice. It's Wilder or something. It's like that. It's like that Mr. Payback or whatever it's called movie. Yeah, the exactly. robot that you got to choose. Choose your does. own thing. Do you want to read about Gene Wilder or do you want to read about something? Yeah, it's it's like that Danielewski novel where you have to flip the fucking thing over to read it the other way. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, House of Leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Shredder beats the crap out of Splinter. And I thought they kidnapped him, but apparently they just left him lying in the sewers. So you, but they kidnapped the Toitles to bring him back to the at lab. At that point, Elliot, I think you were using the restroom. But at this point, oh, Shred- yeah, uh, Shredder beats up Splinter. Yeah. They capture the, three of the Ninja Turtles. They leave. They blow up the entire den. Yeah, they think Raphael is dead. He's yeah, under they, a bunch of rubble. And I guess they just now, here's forget the thing. about they just April blew up. A big piece of New York City infrastructure. Those are yeah. sewage tunnels. I have to assume they're not in use much because otherwise the turtles would drown regularly. Yeah. But like, <laughs> they get away with a lot of stuff in this, these ninjas. Like, I believe it's hard to me, like, it's one thing for ninjas to steal things at shipping docks. Nobody cares what happens over there. <laughs> a can shows up with 12 dead girls in it. Only the, only the, only the wire cares. Yeah. But, uh, but if they blow up part of the sewer, well, they, I so mean, they set that's, up an a, that's a Javier Bardem level villainy. And a, well, about like two minutes later, they cut back to the den. There's like no damage, and April O'Neil and Raphael and Master Splinter are just hanging out. Yeah, just playing a game, playing Scrabble. So that's what you missed. Okay, well, thank you for it. They, well, they stole the turtles because this serum, this amazing, amazing magic healing serum, is in the turtles' blood. And here's their plan. And this ooze, stupid. if you will. This ooze, the secret of which is. It's in the blood. Yeah. Talking about the family, it's in the blood. It's a London Beat song. Anyway, so nobody remembers that band. Anyway, uh, so here's the thing. Here's their plan. They've got some big poison toxin. They're going to set it off on top of a tall building, killing much of New York. Then they're going to show up with a serum that happens to be the perfect antidote and be like, hey, we saved everybody. Give us money, please. Somehow that's going to give the foot control over New York. That part is kind of glossed over yeah, a little bit. I don't bit. understand. It feels like maybe the CDC would take over that point and be like, or I'm sorry, we're going to take your serum the from you. The elected officials. Really like, like that. Yeah. It's, it, I don't know why. It's like, there's poison. I guess the best ninja boss with the coolest costume becomes <laughs> <Yeah>. mayor. <laughs> Here's your money, sir. It's in the city charter. I guess when <laughs> Peter Stuyvesant better... <laughs> founded the town, he put this in. It's an old New Amsterdam law. <laughs> says right here, in case of emergency, ye old bestest super suit <laughs> is officially ye's mayor. <laughs> I don't know why it's written in crappy old English. Yeah, it's I don't Dutch know. Law, but Someone faking old English. <laughs> that's what I was doing, yep. Anyway, anyway, the plan's brilliant. Uh, he, and so... So what's the Foot Clan going to get out of this? They're going to be in charge of New York? They're going to be in charge of New York. I don't know, uh, like health insurance? Sachs probably. is going to get okay, a lot of money. Sense. Because Sax, of course, the villain is Jewish. Thanks, Hollywood. But anyway, we don't even see the turtles celebrating Hanukkah to balance out with a positive portrayal of a Jewish person. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so the turtles are getting their blood sucked out of them. Uh, and Raphael, April, and Will Arnett have to crash through the gates of the Sax estate because, of course, his secret hideout is his house. And... Yeah. Again in in Iceland in Iceland like this is like he must he's like a freezemeister or something yeah. he is a freezemeister <laughs> yeah is that, is that just a German Mister Freeze yeah is that, they changed it to Mister Freeze when they came to Ellis Island from the old country <laughs> yeah. 
Your name's Mr. Freeze. Uh, no, now. no, ich, ich no. bin Johann Freezemeister. Yeah, yeah, no, no, all right, Mr. Freeze. You're John Mr. Freeze. There you go. Keep moving along, keep moving along. Welcome to America. Here's your starter kit. <laughs> One little American a flag, a bald eagle feather, piece of American cheese, and uh, a DVD copy of American History X. <laughs> my, Welcome my, to our country. Vote for Boss Tweed. Thanks. My, my name is Shredder. No, your name is Sam Jones now. <laughs> Enjoy it. I'm a, I'm a ninja turtle. You're a factory worker now, bud. <laughs> But I'm only a teenager. Yeah, it's that's the, the way we days. like it yeah, here. That's... The working age is seven, so uh, that's not an excuse. Don't go to school. We don't have any. Uh, Ralph, April, and the other guy are able Ralph. to save the turtles by injecting them with a big canister of adrenaline that just happens to be standing <laughs> yeah, nearby yeah. and is already hooked up to the machine. Just for fun, though. Shredder is fighting Raphael, and where Shredder had a fight on his hands with Splinter, here he easily bests the cocky, sarcastic Raphael, who... He's less sarcastic than a jerk throughout yeah. most of the movie. He's, he's doing like a Christian Bale Batman kind of thing, more so. Yeah, he's yelling That's... to McG all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what? McG! Shredder's in my life, McG! I yeah. like you're describing it as he's yelling to McG. <laughs> That's what Christian Bale was How doing. How dare he's you! To, he's yelling to someone on a different movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> McG, what are you doing? Directing not this movie that way. Yeah. Stop making Torque 2. Wait, did he make Torque <laughs> Is 1? That what he's doing? He did not make... Torque. No. Fast that, lane? that doesn't mean no. he can't make Torque 2. Sure. There's no law against that. Right. It's not like Johnny Torque has dibs on that's, the sequel. That's right. There is nothing in the rule book that says no, that, that says McG can't, can't direct Torque 2. I'll allow it. Yeah. You're right. Anyway, Shredder and uh, and and Sax go to release the poison because of course the poison that will kill all of New York has to be released by Shredder personally with Sh Shredder standing right under the canister yeah. and Sax a couple floors down on top of a tall building out in the open where everyone can see yeah and uh, Shredder has not taken off his super suit no he, which he, I would think would get in the way of using a fucking laptop no you yeah. well you have to imagine him sitting in a helicopter wearing that just bumping into everybody slashing their <laughs> their face up and, and everything sweaty so sweaty inside that thing oh yeah it well, recycles it that sweat into blade oil it's very, it's very shiny so it reflects a lot of light and heat yeah yeah but it's, it's metal so it also takes it in yeah yeah but it's that new metal alright <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like, that doesn't get people hot. Germany? Or? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's grindcore, death, sure, right. death horror, and there's some rap elements to it. Okay. Uh, they go to the building, and like every movie ever made in action movies in Hollywood, they're on a roof, and they've got to stop a bad guy from releasing a thing. Just like in Sherlock Holmes, just like in The Avengers, just like in what other what other recent movies? Amazing Spider-Man. Um, just like in Amazing Spider-Man. If just you're like a super in poisoned tall building. The movie. The movie. Rated R <laughs> is playing. What about at... Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters. yeah, they're on a. But I mean, that was thirty years ago. That was a new thing then. People didn't even know you could make movies on rooftops. <laughs> yeah. It's like when Akira Kurosawa makes. <laughs> they're like, is there air up there? And they said, yeah, Kevin Bacon in air up there. <laughs> The air up there, you know, that move basketball movie? <laughs> that hasn't been made yet? That hasn't been made yet, but it's been in development hell for 15 years, I assume. Anyway, they were looking for the right star, Kevin Bacon. Anyway, <laughs> it's like when Akira Kurosawa made Seven Samurai, and his producer said, you cannot point a camera at the sun. It will melt all our eyes. And he says, I'm doing it. And he did. And cinema was forever and never the same again. Yep. It's just like that. And then years later, J.J. Abrams with lens flares. Yeah. So there you go. Direct line. 
direct line from Akira from Kurosawa. Kurosawa and Seven Samurai to J.J. Abrams' lens flares. Yeah. So where in the and movie for that are matter, we at? the lens flares in like Wii Sports. <laughs> what were you saying, Stuart? We're just wondering where we're at in the movie. Almost the end. Almost. God, so, blessedly, we're very close to the end. Thank you. Brian blessed. So when does Krang show Brian up? Brian blessedly. Yeah, Brian blessed flies in with all his winged soldiers, <laughs> just yelling at the turtles. Yeah. Anyway, so the turtles show up as turtles are one. Oh no, I missed the truck chase down a. There's a there's a truck oh, chase please. down a snowy mountain in New York State. I guess they drove up to Great Gorge or some shit. And the uh, this because thing, the people in New York aren't even wearing jackets. Yeah, in New York City, it is either if it's a winter. Global warming has hit hard. People are just walking around in regular summer street clothes. Maybe a light, like a hoodie, maybe. Or like one of those zip-up hoodies with no hoods. Or some kind of ninja suit. Maybe you're walking around. People, it is, so, it is not so cold that you can't just walk around in a short sleeve ninja costume. But uh, they have this truck battle where they're jumping from trucks and trucks are crashing sliding into trucks. Sliding under trucks. Sliding on their backs, sliding under trucks, sliding around trucks. And there are so many points in this where you are just watching polygons flying around on a screen. Yeah. And if you're under the age of 19, you cannot even see it. It just, you cannot <laughs> decode what is happening before your eyes. Especially if, you, especially if you're like us watching it, you know, digital streaming. So there's a lot of on like, pixels. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it might as well just be pixels flying at your face. Anti-aliased, it is heavily aliased. <laughs> the... Uh, it may, this is what it must feel like when someone is standing in front of a magic eye poster and they cannot unhook their eyes. <laughs> and they're like, I know there's a star or a dolphin or a turtle or a rainbow in here, and I cannot see it. I knew there were a bunch of heroes in the half shell, avoiding trucks, breaking hearts, taking names, and kicking ass, and I couldn't figure out what, what was going on. And a problem with this movie is that it's, everything moves so fast and the turtles are so animated that it's hard to follow them even when they're just talking and their voices kind of don't sound like they're coming out of their bodies. So it took yeah. me a long time to be like, oh, the turtles are like making jokes right now. Like I didn't even realize I could have trouble following the dialogue at times. Yeah, and at the, that's the point that you should be excited about the movie, not the points where people are just doing exposition all day long. Yeah, all day long in the hot sun. <laughs> and they, don't, they, also, I guess. they also don't have particularly distinctive voices. Like they neither, Johnny Knoxville's not a distinctive voice, Dan. Johnny Knoxville does Leonardo. Leonardo is Johnny <laughs> Knoxville. You got, you got uh, Tony Shalhoub is Splinter. But otherwise, like, well, there's a they nerdy, neither went the way well, of Donatello like... Donatello is nerdy. Michelangelo is a party dude. Raphael is brusque. I get their person. No, but that comes through right. in their voices. I'm just like they they didn't they neither went the direction of like getting famous people to do it or the direction or of getting the of real getting turtle voices <laughs> to get it. The ones on the cartoon show getting if it's good enough for Canada, it's good enough for Ninja actors. Turtles. Like they could have gotten genuine voice actors who are good at doing voice like stuff. Like Drew Barrymore and you know. Hey, it's me, I'm Michelangelo. <laughs> there you go. Cowabunga, yeah, like pizza well, time. Stuart, if you're doing voices, so that's your Michelangelo, what's your Donatello? Uh, it's me. I'm Donatello. I'm a nerd. Okay, what's your Raphael? Hey, it's me, Dan McCoy. Oh, wait. I, gotta, <laughs> no, I said Raphael. I gotta say, Not your Leonardo. Michelangelo sounds an awful lot like my Seabiscuit. <laughs> hey, it's me, your old pal Seabiscuit. Gotta go. I'm the most popular horse there ever was. Uh, that would be that one horse that Caligula made a center. <laughs> he is I mean, he was the... very unpopular. No, no. He won those people over. Rome loved him by the end of it. But he did sound like Seabiscuit. <laughs> I'm a senator now. Oh, oh, oh. More oats for me. That's what I vote for. My owner. Gotta go. Yeah. 
I, I don't know why he always has to go somewhere. That's the thing about this. He's, he's a very busy horse. He's busy. He's Hear gl- the voices, I would have done. He's glad hoofing everybody. It's me, Leonardo. Hey, pizza pie. <laughs> Raphael. It's me, Raphael. Oh, Donatello. Hey, guys, me, Donatello. And of course, Michelangelo. Uh, well, it's me, Michelangelo. Someone's going to jail, old man, and it's not going to be me. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect stuff. Ma- Madeline, Madeline. I want you to wear your hair up. It's a. The lady wants a gray suit with a rectangle neck cut. The the gentle, the Ninja Turtle certainly knows there what he goes. wants. I don't want to wear it, Michelangelo. But if that's the way you want me to do it, Michelangelo, I'll dress that way. Ninja Turtles got really psychosexual all of a sudden. Judy, Judy, it can't matter to you. It can't matter to you what you, how you dress. Do it for me. Do it for me, Judy. All right, Michelangelo. Okay. This is a really great Brett Bad Impressions podcast yes. that we did. I'm just saying. I thought your Sea Biscuit was great. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, they really captured what Sea Biscuit <laughs> sounded like. I'm just Nay. To... <laughs> so anyway, how did this? Merry end? Christmas, you wonderful old sewer. <laughs> That's Michelangelo. <laughs> so what ha- what happens in <laughs> what happens in this movie? Uh, it's so about anyway, turtles or something. So they finally show up. They beat Shredder. They fight him for a while. They manage to defeat him by uh, using a trick they used to play as kids, where they would hit buckets around <laughs> by jumping like on each on other's each other. backs. And uh, they stop him from releasing all the poison. Uh, I don't even know what happens to Sax. He just kind of disappears. He gets knocked out, and that's it. And then what? It's just it's like final fight. He just turns into meat, and they eat him. Was <laughs> <laughs> that Double Dragon? I don't remember. Might have been both. Uh, Shredder <laughs> falls to his it's death. It's like Gauntlet. They eat him and they go, yum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and the turtles disappear before anyone sees them, even though they were right there in front of everybody. But I guess everybody was like, there's a bunch of monster ninjas over there walking around and talking and bantering and making pop culture references. And there's like a suit of armor that I think might have a dead guy in it right here. <laughs> Let me stare at this suit of armor. and let the ni- those, those living turtle men aren't that interesting. They're probably all staring at their smartphones, Elliot. Yeah, they're all, that's true. They're all living through their picture lenses and uh, not paying attention to reality. <laughs> so, anyway, they all meet up later. Uh, the turtles show up in their turtle van because we've got to get some more toys to sell in here. And uh, Michelangelo <laughs> accidentally blows up Will Arnett's car with a missile. And uh, Michelangelo makes one last creepy sexual bid at April and then plays Happy Together by the Turtles on his stereo. And the end. And, and luckily, was, that uh, song is cut short so that we can hear a new theme song. Like a rap Ninja song about turtle yeah, power about or something. Or shredding, sneaks in shredding the se- shells. Shell shocked. Yeah, you're going to get shell shocked. Raphael, he's the leader of the group. That's not actually true, but the old rap said that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we. And then I sat through the whole credits waiting for the moment when Shredder shows back up again because he's still alive. Nothing. Nothing but that damn Paramount Mountain just laughing at me for si- <laughs> <laughs> sitting through all those damn CGI credits. So we, we should uh, wrap this up quick. Yeah, because we're running uh, very long. We're running long. We're at a venue that... Uh, so uh, let's, let's so dawdle, yeah, yeah. Let's. Our final judgments. Was this a good, bad movie? A bad, bad movie? Or a movie you kind of liked? Stuart, what do you got to say? <clears throat> uh, I'll probably say bad, bad. It's short. It's not even that short. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Perfect. 
So Will, Ar- Will Arnett makes a play. Like, he makes a try for it. He so The scenes he's in... Well, they, Will Arnett's a pro. He's going to put his all into it even when it's not a good movie. And there's not... And all the scenes with the Ninja Turtles are way too hyper when they're, like, sliding around down those fucking sewers. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. It's they making me sick. They slide around the sewers the way, like, How Tarzan and Disney designed? Tarzan slides around trees. Is that, like, trees. the fucking Sonic the Hedgehog loops? Like, what's going uh, yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Pretty... rings they're collecting and... Uh, Practically. Yeah. I'm gonna... Splinter is basically old tales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this a marginal good-bad just because it reminds me of bad movies of my youth. Like, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are a nostalgia property, and in a way, this movie is a nostalgia property in, it, in that it reminded me of something like Howard the Duck or but something. There was a certain point when we were watching it that you started getting quiet and not making fun of the movie as much. And yeah. then you just started singing, they're the world's most fearsome fighting team. <laughs> just under your breath. Yeah. And I think you shouted turtle power when they kicked Shredder off that building. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a mashup of that and when I was 17. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it was a turtle good year. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Allie? What do you got to say? I got to say, I hope this would be a good, bad movie because it's super over the top. Uh, I think it was really a bad, bad movie, but if you watch it with a bunch of people who are going to make fun of it, maybe it's a good, bad movie. I don't All right. Know. It's it. It wasn't too grim, which I liked. So three for three. I don't think that was what <laughs> yeah. we came to. Best movie of the year. Best picture. <laughs> right. Give that one all the Oscars ever. Sorry, Wings. <laughs> the first, like the first best picture <laughs> yeah. Oscar. That's Sorry, Gigi. No Sorry, Oscars Wings and also Sunshine because there were two best pictures back then. Nobody counts Sunshine's big best picture. Uh, it had a special poetic uh, whatever, like best artistic. That's the one was special poetic whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was um, best artsy fartsy. What's it called? Yeah. So, um, in in lieu of letters from listeners, as we said before, we're gonna do. Some Q and A with the audience. There's a mic. It's be a tough song to sing. And the or audience. It, or is it Q and A? Q and A. We're queuing some A's and A and some Q's. Questions from you and you and you and you to you and you and me. The answers are here. The questions are there. Everywhere. We all have our hair. Still, we'll lose it someday. Question us and you'll get an A for answer and for effort. Two things that you can get an A in right, for. <laughs> Calling out around the bell house. Are you ready to ask some questions? Right, the flop house is here and answers are here for questions at the bell house. Questions there for Stuart and for Dan McCoy. There'll be people asking and people tasking, wearing masking tape on their face for some reason. We've got people lined up. It's the season of the Witch Halloween 3. Questions and answers. (laughs) Let's do it up. Just just start asking your question. (laughs) Yeah, just get started. Part two. That's my strategy. Just start talking. We all have questions. Oh, thank you, thank you. Anyone, I'll be selling my album out of the trunk of my car after the show. We won't have time for all the questions, unfortunately, but we'll have time for some. So, yeah. All right. And uh, please, as with Flophouse Standard, tell us your name but not your last name. All right. Uh, Dylan, last name withheld. Thank you. Hey, Dylan. Very professionally done. Thank you, Dylan. Okay. So uh, my friends and I have a tradition where we watch a bad movie, drink heavily, and then we uh, finger paint our feelings about it. So... <laughs> 
I would wonder if you guys could give us some suggestions on movies that would make particularly vivid pictures. Uh, keeping in mind, Stuart, we have watched uh, Castle Freak and uh, Head of the Family. It sounds like there's a third part of that trilogy I... that you're a-missing. Well, someone removed it from YouTube, as you said. I won't lie. I did think that you were going to say finger-bang your feelings about it. Um... Why would you ever think that? I don't know. I just think about I just I just think about things a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, I'm gonna throw Tango and Cash out there just because it's fun. We did. Oh, that. you just we did, did Tango and Cash, then then you, Cobra. You got <laughs> here's shut down. Here's something that will uh, create vivid and horrifying finger pictures. Uh, the the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Uh, I think. They did that one too, huh? Well, I think they can teach us more than we could teach them at this point. Yeah, radio's teaching us. I'd say. Oh, wow. So they're, you're insulting them. Yeah. They're the radio in this part. At bro, best, I, the radio Rahim who gets killed. Anyway, yes, Stuart? Okay, uh, can I go? Okay. Until I interrupt you again. I, I would probably say Jim Cotta. Oh, that's a good one. Jim Cotta's a solid. Yeah, yeah. solid. You might get some artful. Karate style <laughs> finger painting. Yeah, sure. Uh, next question. Uh, hello, I'm Seth. Last name withheld. Hey, Seth. Hey, Seth. Um, so I was born in the year of 1992. Meaning... Thanks for making us feel old, dude. <laughs> uh, meaning I was. You know what I was doing in 1992? Waiting a year for Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I was born too late for the 80s cartoon, uh, and then I was too old when the reboot cartoon happened. So You're that lost generation that never got to experience Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. I guess my question is, like, what was or is the appeal of the Ninja Turtles as a nostalgia? Wow. I've got to we're, say... We're talking about this a lot, because yeah. I think I, you had the strongest tie with the Ninja Turtles. When I was a kid... I think you wrote the Turtlepedia on, on uh, the internet. I didn't, but I did Which has nothing to do with actual turtles. I wish, like, I feel like if somebody had a real turtle problem, and they're like, I'll look up Turtle Wikipedia... <laughs> And they find Turtle Pete, and they're like, "This is all about cartoons." They're like, What's I guess going I'll put my pizza, turtles die. I'll put pizza around the house to draw these pesky turtles. <laughs> Here's the thing: when I was a kid, I was all about the Ninja Turtles. Like, I was all over them. I wasn't yet old enough to really get into, I think, Marvel comics. I felt they were like a little too violent for me at the time. Uh, <laughs> Nerd. Ever since I saw it. <laughs> 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 the uh, I was young. Go on. I, I saw on a cover of uh, one. Of, I think it was Jim Lee's first issue of Uncanny X Men, where Colossus is like, "Havoc, why did you kill Storm?" And I was like, "I don't want to know why Storm got killed." <laughs> Asking Havoc too many questions is dangerous. Is, but, uh, is Storm a person? <laughs> yeah, I thought they were robots. I didn't know. Anyway, uh, but they were. Uh, uh, there was something about them that was like. Really fun. Ninjas are cool. Mutant animals are cool. And for a kid, that cartoon was genuinely funny. Like, and I have to say, it's probably the first thing, aside from Looney Tunes, that I ever saw like meta humor in. Where there was one scene I remember where they're going, they're like driving in their turtle van to an, to a, the site of an action sequence, and the music playing is really dramatic, and the turtle driving looks at the camera and is like, "Wow, pretty dramatic music," and then keeps driving. And as a kid, that kind of thing blew my mind because outside of Looney Tunes, which was not a, like a serious cartoon, whereas in this one, it was serious. <laughs> you didn't see a lot of that. They were, they were like a genuinely really fun thing. And there was a lot of imagination, kind of how the characters were put together and the kind of foes that they fought and things like that. No. 
I don't and know. that cartoon ran for a really long time. For a long time. I remember when I was a kid, they released a special statue you could buy to celebrate the fifth anniversary <laughs> of the Ninja Turtles action figures because for an action figure line to run five years was a huge thing. And the so, fact that like 20 years later, you know, whatever it is, these stupid things are still going around, like... So you're claiming that longevity is a mark of quality? Because I believe that Two and a Half Men has been around for quite some time. I'm saying that turtles live a very long time. All right. No, but I, the appeal was that they're super cool ninjas. Hi. Hey. Hey. Uh, I was wondering if you could inject yourselves into the worlds of any of the movies that you've flopped before, uh, which one you would like the most? Okay. Jeez. Into the world? Well, not Food Fighter Oogie Loves. <laughs> <laughs> Too many eldritch horrors. <laughs> what do you think, Elliot? What would you guys say? Not 10,000 BC. Not 10,000 BC. No, not, this is the easy part. Not after out. Earth. No. I mean, there's a lot of joy to be found in Bratz, but I feel like there's a weird <laughs> creepiness if I was in that world that I don't want I think wanna... you would be arrested. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy, it's tough. Is it weird that the first thing that popped into my head was Little Bit of Heaven? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's I'm basically like... They're in like, Nolans, dude. They're, in Nolans, they're really sweet. Okay. You, know, you get to hang out. You, know? you could just hire Peter Dinklage to hang out with you for a couple hours. <laughs> the Dink, yeah. Jesus, I don't know. They're all terrible places to live. <laughs> I'm going to say Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. Yeah! Worst case scenario, you and Natalie Portman are going to go jump on some mattresses at a mattress store. <laughs> And that sounds like a fun way to spend an afternoon. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll steal that. The Wonder Emporium. Why is it well, creepier when Dan says it? <laughs> <laughs> Next question. All right. Uh, Ethan, last name withheld. Uh, I actually Hawk. have... Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ethan Hawk, everybody. Ethan Hawk, everybody. <laughs> Star of... Uh, a... Oh, no, I was going to say Chill Factor, but that was Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> Sorry. I actually have two... Uh, Two questions. Make them quick. Uh, Ninja Turtle 1, movie 1. Ninja Turtle 1, what was your favorite Ninja Turtle as a child? Donatello. Michelangelo. Uh, Donatello. <laughs> you, it was Leonardo, Dan. No, no. I, was, uh, mine was Leo, so I'd sympathize. No, no, but blue it was, was Donatello. Blue was my favorite color, and that mattered to me when I was five. Well, that's the thing. I always wished Donatello was blue instead of purple. But right, now I know color. purple is a regal color. Do you wish he had a better weapon? Because a bow staff is pretty lame. It's pretty lame, but he can also but make bombs and guns and things like that. Other yeah. thing, two, two katanas is like way better than anything any of the other ones. I mean, it's kind of against the rules. You'd have a katana just, and a short, night, a short I, sword, right? Yeah, for the die show. Yeah. yeah. See, I feel like having two katanas is kind of unfair. Like, you just got two big swords. I like the fact that you got Donatello. <laughs> he can fucking beat you up with just a big stick. There is a part in the movie where... They're, where Splinter is talking about their past, and he goes, I gave them weapons. And he gives to Leonardo, he goes, the katana, the leader of the swords, and then does not name the other weapons. <laughs> no. They it's are, like the end of the like, Gilligan's and, Island. It's and like, and, and box, the rest. There's, there's a box of other shit in the corner. You guys pick stuff out. All right. So what's your second question? Second question. What is the one thing a movie can do that will just turn you against instantly. Like, you can be watching it and you can be like, oh, this is a good, bad movie, and then it does something you're like, no, fuck this. Bad, bad movie right now. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. Anytime a movie begins with, like, a fucking prophecy, yeah. Yeah. like, <laughs> my grandma always spoke of the day the ninjas would rise up and take over the robot overlords. Then we know it's going to be bad, yeah. It's going to yeah. be hard. Yeah, I think that's pretty, yeah. yeah that's right pretty off the bat. much it. <laughs> 
I mean, there's always a second act sag, but like, I don't feel like there's like a like a thing you can point to. It's just that like, it's clear that they're like, oh, we have a great beginning for a movie, and then we have no idea what the rest of the movie is gonna be until the stunning climax. Yeah. Next Usually question, explosions. please. Hey, dudes. Hey, Stu. Okay, so. <laughs> I was supposed to say that part. Continue. Hi, my name is Stu's coworker. Um, question. It's amazing that you got exactly the right job for your name. <laughs> that's, a coinc- that's as big a coincidence as Megan Fox setting loose some turtles and then years later finding them again. By the way, KSL, everybody is wearing uh, the Steven Seagal jacket from On Deadly Ground. Wow. <laughs> uh, so what's your question? If you had to human centipede the Ninja Turtles, and what... <laughs> what, what order would they be in? Uh, I mean, uh, what, Raphael in the front so he can make a lot of quips, right? Or... I, I... So wait, is there going to be four of them? Well, that's here's the thing. You can't put Donatello in front because he'll think of a way out unless he's getting poop shoved in his face all the I'll time. Tell you, I'll tell you one thing. You do not want Michelangelo in front because he's only eating pizza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leonardo somewhere in the middle. Who cares what happens to him? And is Splinter involved? I don't know. It's... I mean, who's feeding him the pizza? <laughs> oh, Splinter's doing it? That's terrible. Next question, please. We can't think about this anymore. Thank you. I don't know how I can follow that. Um, hi, uh, Brian. Last name withheld. Nice hi, Brian. Brian. You guys, uh, you mentioned in the movie that uh, William Fickner just completely disappears without explanation and that there's no reason for the Shredder to be helping him. Uh, what I found out was well, that... Well, the, <laughs> the Shredder's like his mentor type. Well, guy, yeah. what it actually was was in the original cut, I found this out, he wa- William Fickner was the Shredder. And when okay. that tested terribly, they filmed those two scenes with the Shredder in his basement and then dubbed over all of his dialogue for oh, the rest of the movie. And then filmed those other scenes of William Fickner being in another place. Exactly. That's why he's inside while everything else it's is happening. It's amazing that the they're like, I'm, this wait, is I, the flaw with the movie. I'm, <laughs> People love William Fickner so much they don't want to see him stuck how, in a suit of armor. They want to see that handsome face. How is it possible that that tested terribly? Like, it's like, oh, we don't... This, I don't buy him as a ninja. I don't like this... I don't I like do this charismatic character actor to be the main villain. Let's let's get a second guy in here, and then just have like William Fickner kind of just eh, disappear at the end of the film, and who knows what happened to him? <laughs> what voice is that? Is that Jay Leno doing that was, anything? <laughs> that was the that was the air def- going out of William Flip Fickner as he deflated. That's, uh, that's, right. that's why in the movie his name is Eric Sachs, which is the white people version of Orokusaki. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anglicized Orokusaki. Yeah. So do you have a question? Or uh, yes, you just my question here to related, drop some knowledge on My us? question related to that is, um, uh, what's your favorite plot hole you've seen in a movie? Favorite plot oh, hole? I mean... Um, the one that immediately comes to mind is the fact they just blew up that, that turtle hangout and nobody got hurt. Yeah. And nothing got blown up. <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. Like in any movie? Any movie ever made. I've talked about this before, but I, 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 it's a movie I like, but I still have a problem with the fact that in Back to the Future Part 2, Biff manages to return to a future that he erased, allowing... Marty and Doc to get back in the car and go back in um, time. So you're saying when he leaves the Biffverse we, and he we, comes back to he 2015, back, he's created the dystopian Biffverse. So there's no way that he could return to the original. But he, he's really is he having a heart attack when he I'm gets there? I'm as disinterested as you are. He's like, 
So wait, I'm just going to say TNC, classic, Tango and Cash. They, they, they clear their names by blowing off all the evidence that proves that they were the bad guys. <laughs> Next question, please. And then they high-five. And then they, the fact the that fact they high-five high the high in a photograph, the, the judge is like, you wouldn't have high-fived if you hadn't won the day. <laughs> Tango and Cash, you're back on the force. Yes, please. Hi, guys. I'm Ian. Um, I had a... Oh, thank you. I had a really specific plot point question about this movie. I wanted to get your opinion on it. Um, so, uh, Shredder is, becomes a father <laughs> to Sax when Sax is like a little boy. He's like a mentor figure, yeah. Yeah. He, he said he was like a father to him. I assume he's at least 20 years older than him. So, then when Sax is like 50 in this movie, are we watching the Turtles like beating up a 75-year-old man? We are watching the Turtles getting their asses kicked by a 75-year-old man. <laughs> but I mean, you stick anybody in that Shredder suit, it could be the, the late William Hickey, and he's just like, <laughs> he's just, he's just like killing him, you know? Yeah, yeah, Larry Bud Melman inside yeah, there. Yeah, put Calvin DeForest in there, and it's, you know... I mean, that, yeah, put a kid in there, and he's going to beat him up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They right. tried that, it didn't test well. <laughs> Originally, Shredder was going to be a baby in a man's suit. <laughs> sure. Sorry, your question, right. please. Hi, uh, Jared, last name without. Hi, Jared. Meet you, Jared. Stuart. Um, okay. In Stuart's special segment that no one who is listening will know about, um, there were multiple tabs open. One of them was for uh, uh, a side I won't name. The other was for horror boobs. Yeah. I just want to know, uh, how'd that work out? How? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think horror boobs is, a, uh, is, is kind of a misnomer. It's more just like a... Like a Beautiful women in horror movies. Why, why are you looking at me? It's, <laughs> why? Now, not that I'm a regular visitor to the site, but I believe it is pictures of boobs from horror movies. <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, I don't have a full membership. I've only got to the like. You just go the to visitor the, the guest preview, and then I say, then, "Yes, I'm 18." <laughs> How are they gonna know? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, yes, question, please. Yes. Hi, my name is Andrea, last name withheld, and I'm not a nerdy white guy, so I feel overwhelmed right now. Um, thank you, thank you. Like, can I, can I say that we appreciate you all the more? Yeah. <laughs> What's up? Creepy. Um, but I feel overwhelmed by modern life, and um, the This choices... may be not the right question for us, but we'll see. <laughs> what, what are your tips for when I'm looking at Netflix or Fios, and I'd, it's time for me to choose a movie... Or what are some tips that I can use to choose what what it's time to look at? Hmm. Um, this is a pretty simple one for me. I would say buy yourself a, a subscription to Full Moon Streaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so your number watch, one place for B horror movies. You can finally and see, A horror movies. You can movies. finally watch Puppet Master Retro in your home. <laughs> <laughs> by your lonesome. Or is it Retro Puppet Master? Uh, I think it's Retro Puppet Master. Uh, I would just say if it sounds interesting, try it. The worst that happens is you get bored and you turn it off. I've got I, two pieces of advice. Uh, the first is Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> and the second is, why not just have a few drinks while you're watching it? And it doesn't really matter so much. Uh, I think we have time for two more questions. Hello. Um, my name is Rena, last name withheld. Um, in my home, there are three of us who listen to the Flophouse. Myself, Dan, last name also withheld, and Dan's 14-year-old son, Jackson. Um, if some of you remember back, was that? <laughs> that we are we select the episodes he's allowed to listen to by listening to them ourselves. Sure. Uh, what he listens to on his own time, we do not know. Um, he's 14. What are you going to do? 
Um, Stuart, if you recall, back in November, I sent you a message requesting that you send Jackson a happy birthday shout out. Oh, yeah. And you did. did. And many of you on the Facebook Flophouse page responded accordingly with pictures of yourself at the age of 14 or somewhere thereabouts, to which I have to tell you that he was insanely excited. Great. As a thank you, he sent you guys this. Oh, that's so sweet. It's somewhat selfish. It's not a gift. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? Who? He has asked that you sign it. Sure. And we, so you'll, yeah, it's just to describe it. It says Elliot, Dan, um, and Stu. Elliot, that's a chicken leg. Oh, I could tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a chicken leg bet signal, and right. I would exactly. immediately go wherever that was being projected from. Right, right. And Dan, Dan has a remote control. A flash signal. Yeah. And then what's this for Stu? Oh, well, that's, he... that's the house cat. Oh, and yeah. Superman. Wow. The house cat. <laughs> <laughs> Popular character of the Flophouse. Popular character. Yeah. Jackson has been working on this for the last couple of weeks, so it's That's a big beautiful. deal. beautiful. Well, if you stick around, we'll sign this as soon as we're done. I have a pen. Okay, great. And then we'll hand it back to you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, so, but, Dan, if you'd like to choose one last person. Yes. One uh, last we, person. We've got... Uh, or one last question. The gentleman, there's a gentleman there's with a, a giant foam finger out of the audience. All right. If he could, uh... Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> if, if, uh... If you could please state your name. Um, is this on? Shit. All right, yeah. Uh, my name is uh, David, last name uh, withheld, Kalen. <laughs> oh! Oh! For the listeners at Did home. Did mom tell you we, I was going to be here? Is that how you found out? No, no, no. Was... David, last name with health, Kalen. For the listeners at home, wearing a hockey uh, jersey. He's wearing a devil's jersey and a New York, what is that? Oh, with his own, oh, that's right. I forgot you have a devil's jersey with your, your own name. <laughs> a giant's hat that has sent someone <laughs> screaming into madness. <laughs> uh, I think I think Giants fans are pretty rare in this city, so yeah, yeah. It's unusual. And uh, so you, to just to make people clear, make clear, that is a personalized Devils jersey that you bought. No, I, <laughs> I didn't. But that's that's a story. He, for another he didn't day. get it while playing for the Devils. <laughs> so, this is not one-time Stanley Cup winner for the Devils, uh, David Kalen. They they have three Stanley Cups. But you only uh, played for one of them. Well. There, there are three cups on the jersey, though. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Do you have a... Yeah, yeah. No, I have a question you just here to remind me how terrible life can be. Both. Um, that's the worst thing I've ever said to you. That's so horrible. I'm sorry. He is a fine brother. He is an excellent uncle to my son. Aww. Yeah. Um, Aww. Thanks, guys. Very irritating, man. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway. So your question. Yeah, uh, I know most of you are expecting me to list off a bunch of factual errors by the floppers in recent episodes, but uh, I'm wary of appearing even more obnoxious in person than I am in my letters. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not going to do that, although don't worry, I will talk about sports. Um, I was. How uh, long is the preamble to your question? No, that was was it. I I, I can go on longer than your letters song if you want. No, thank you. Okay. (laughs) Don't don't. Test me. Don't challenge me to a nonsense off. 
I don't think we should do that sometime. Anyway, yeah, continue. Um, I was recently watching the classic mid 1990s basketball themed erotic thriller Eddie. Um, (laughs) Erotic. Don't think that that's an accurate. Goldman. (laughs) Whoopsie Goldman one. With. uh, Is that the one where she teams up with Theodore Rex, or is that Theodore Rex? That's. It is not Eddie. I know that much. Is Eddie Uh, the one where it's made in America? No, no. That's when Ted Danson plays basketball for her uh, in blackface during the Oscars. Um, anyway, don't get uh, yourself in trouble. Keep talking. <laughs> didn't isn't that what he did? Uh, it has Whoopi Goldberg and Frank Langella in it. Uh, and when I was watching it, the flop house instantly popped into my head during one of the film's crucial scenes. Uh, approximately 20 mi- 28 minutes into the film, team owner Wild Bill Burgess announces to a sparsely filled Madison Square Garden that head coach John Bailey has walked off the job, and superfan Edwina Eddie Franklin will be the team's head coach for the night. Cut to the stunned Cleveland Cavaliers bench where a referee leafing through a small booklet actually says, there's nothing in the rule book. (laughs) This is, of course, completely absurd. There are many strict rules regarding contracts for players (laughs) and coaches. So is this the correcting Eddie portion of the podcast? I think you Well, good it. news. We've got the director and screenwriter of Eddie backstage right now. Come on out, boys. I believe my brother has mistaken us for the Eddie IMDb goofs page. <laughs> but please continue. Um, just, just to make this clear, this is a movie that features Frank Langella using a Wild West accent. Seriously. Uh, it presents the idea that $50,000 is a lot of money to make as an NBA head coach. And the movie develops tension by uh, introducing the threat that the Knicks might be sold and moved to St. Louis, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but despite all of that, the referee finding nothing in the rule book is, to me, the most ridiculous part of this movie. So my question is this. Is there one? Yeah. It, uh, what movie have you seen where you felt very knowledgeable about the subject matter but presented the most inexplicable deus ex machina plot device that you knew to be total nonsense. Now, before you answer... (laughs) There's some rules to this game, boy. (laughs) Before you answer, I have something for all of you. I know that occasionally listeners will send you guys gifts. I'd never really understood why. (laughs) But... We bring light and joy to the earth. They don't know you. In person. In person. Some of you might. Um, But it always seemed nice, so I'm getting it on the act here. Uh, As you all know, Elliot is a diehard Kansas City Royals fan. Love him. Yeah. My beloved Royals. So, in honor of their World Series run this past fall, and my brother's favorite pop song of 2014, uh, I have gotten... I'm I'm curious to find out what that is. It's a song called Royals. It's by a... Female vocalist oh, named Lord. Lord. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I love any song about my beloved baseball team, the yeah. Kansas City Royals. Uh, I have gotten each of you your own Kansas City Royals t-shirt with a personalized name on it, especially for each of you. Aww. I consider it something of a thank you for putting up with all of my irritating complaints for the past few years. Although, in Elliot's case, he's been doing it for about three decades, so I don't know that I have enough money to pay for enough t-shirts to make up for that. Aww. Nope. Oh, but that's very sweet of you, David. Oh, thanks. What a great brother you are. Uh, so what was the question again? <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll, um, we'll just go along with it. A movie that we were knowledgeable about that had a deus machina thingy in it? 
That made no sense. This is complicated. Okay, so I, I don't think I'm an expert on this subject, but it's something that's always bothered me. There's a movie called Signs, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a movie that posits that aliens that are violently allergic to water would come to the planet Earth, which is almost all water. <laughs> like they've come to poison themselves. It's insane. They call it planet suicide. They're, there's even a scene where they're showing home video footage of an alien running around in Brazil, the fucking rainforest, dude. So, signs. Okay. I mean, I, I, this isn't a movie, and we've talked about it on the show before, but I know that you, Elliot, and I, and everyone at our day job... Uh, I think this is what I was going to talk ...is about, quite yeah. fond of uh, Studio 60, the television program. Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Which <laughs> uh, presents an insane view of what it is to be a comedy writer. Or how a television show or any functional adult business might work. Yeah. <laughs> a world where someone can look at a script for two seconds and say, this is really funny stuff. Or a world where the head writer, such as yourself... Uh, is flocked as he leaves the show. Never happens. By people asking for autographs. And this is a show where... It, it, I, my, I posit that Studio 60 exists in an alternative universe where... Uh, well, alternate universe. I guess an alternative universe would be like an alternative universe that's that is just like a you know more of a college underground sure. scene. Uh, an alternate universe where sketch comedy is the biggest form of entertainment. And so the firing of a head writer on a sketch comedy show and the hiring of a new one calls for a press conference. And in this universe, sketch comedy is also the number one threat to Christianity. Yeah. Because if that sketch, Crazy Christians, gets out, they're going to blow the lid over the whole Jesus is just sitting in his office smoking a stogie saying, we got to put the lid on this Crazy Christian sketch. We got a good thing going, me and my pops, and we can't let this thing come to an end. But, uh, yeah, I think that's something where every second you're like, why are they all writing in the same room and there's no lights on? <laughs> um, so I hope movie. that answers your question. But I guess TV is where Mysterious, the real Mysterious, sir. <laughs> oh, thank Yay. you for the... Uh, we're taking... Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you. Oh, mine says sigh on the back? <laughs> and mine uh, says Dave's brother. I might wear this tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much Dave. Thank um, you. I'm glad that you're number three. <laughs> we, uh, we have gone past our allotted time, so I'm assuming we should probably wrap it up. I'm getting the yes nod from offstage. <laughs> so um, rather than... Uh, we'll, we'll skip recommendations Yeah, I mean, if you really need to know what the fuck recommendations we have... I think call, I already made one, us. dudes. <laughs> Color us outside of the show and be like, tell me what to watch. But uh, in lieu of that... Uh, yeah, let's thanks just for say, telling them to do that, Dan. Let's just say, good night. Tell me what to watch, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Shove us up against a wall. So we... I've got a specific set of skills. <laughs> tell me what to watch. So, uh, so we'll leave you. So here's the recommendation. Maybe don't watch a movie this weekend. Go out and do something nice. <laughs> hey, here's a recommendation. Choose life. Be good to each other. Huh? <laughs> be, be nice. Be, yeah, love each other. <laughs> so be nice. For the like Flophouse. <laughs> for the Flophouse, I've did been Dan just, McCoy. Did we just turn into Kurt Vonnegut? <laughs> I think we did. Yeah. Yeah, so it goes. <laughs> um, you've been, if, if you've been Dan McCoy, then yeah. I've been Stuart Wellington. 
and putting the math together, carry the one at an awesome, I think I believe I am Elliot Kalin. And that would mean this is the Flophouse. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming out. Thank you. Thank you. leaving, but I want to say a quick thanks to everyone who helped us put the show together. Thank you very much to Jeremy and everyone at the PodFest. Thank you guys so much for, for doing the show. Guys, give another round of applause for the Flophouse. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much to everybody at the Bell House and for everybody else for coming out. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Pop Rocket. We're your source for all pop culture information. It's an intellectual and incredibly snark-filled discussion about pop culture by five cranky Hollywood 30-somethings. No name-calling, no rudeness, just straight talk and a lot of role-play. I'm only 30-something for another year. Me too. And I don't (laughs) tell anybody I'm 30-something. Pop Rocket comes out every week from MaximumFun.org. Hi, I'm Julie Sabatier. I host and produce a show called Destination DIY. It's all about people doing interesting things. And we're really excited to be bringing it to Maximum Fun. When you hear DIY, you might think of knitting or building a birdhouse. But we're really more interested in people doing stuff like hacking the healthcare system, creating their own currencies, building their own spacesuits, that kind of thing. We're here to remind you that you are an authority. And we think you're going to like our stories about makers, builders, inventors, and all kinds of creative people. Check out Destination DIY at MaximumFun.org or wherever you like to listen to podcasts.